There, Jesus, help us. Help us, Jesus. Pray, pray for the Spirit of God to be here. We're going to review a little bit real quick. Okay. What I'm trying to do is preach a sermon series based on the time frame from the resurrection of Christ until the ascension of Christ. Jesus did a lot of stuff after he was risen from the dead. I mean, he did a lot of stuff. When we, when we think of the word death, we think that that is the end. Well, if death is not the end, Jesus proved that to us. And if you are in Christ, death is not the end. Um, I don't think anybody would say that that's just what we're wanting to do. But at the same time, we have to have the understanding that we are Christians. We are born-again believers in Jesus Christ. Death is not the end. And Jesus proved this to us. So right off the bat, he tells Mary, he tells Mary Magdalene, you know what Jesus is doing with Mary? He is commissioning her, and he has given her the authority to go tell the disciples, to go tell Peter, to go tell the church of that time how small it might have been. But you know what? That little group of uneducated men and women, men and women who had problems, big-time problems, people like me, <laughs> people like Peter, people like John, people like Mary Magdalene. She was, I mean, she was possessed with seven demons, and Jesus came up to her and drove the demonic power out of her life. I want the demonic power to be driven out of the lives of our, of our country. I want the demonic powers to be driven away from us. Jesus took this woman, and he commissioned her, and he gave her the authority to go tell the disciples that he was risen. And you know that authority is given to the church today. We have the authority given to us from heaven, just like Mary Magdalene had, to proclaim the gospel of the good news of who Jesus Christ is. Here's the thing that baffles me is, there's not a lot of people that actually will accept that. Why is that? Because it's not on the individual's terms. Huh. It's on God's terms. Some say it's way too easy. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to climb to the top of a mountain and earn my salvation. Some, no, we have to receive. We have to receive from God. And when I receive from God, I'm receiving from God without my input. God didn't need my input. God had the plan. And God has all the wisdom. He has all the power to save us. What we have to do is surrender ourselves. Mary, go preach it, girl. Go preach it to them disciples. Jesus is not dead. And if Jesus is not dead, there's hope for us. The Bible tells us even though he should die, he will live because he's in Christ. We need to get the revelation of what it means to be in Christ. And Mary preached it, oh, with an excitement that stirred up, stirred up a lot of people. I believe they shouted when they got the revelation. The understanding in the hearts, right here in the heart, of what Jesus did for me and how God planned it out. Okay, then we went down for a walk to the road to Emmaus. We walked, two disciples walking with Jesus. Here we've got these two disciples of Jesus walking with him and they don't even recognize him. They turn to Jesus when he says, what in the world are y'all talking about? And they say to him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem that does not know the things that have taken place? the things that took place to Jesus of Nazareth, and then he, he looks at him. he says, it's me that you're talking to. I wonder if there's a world out there that does not recognize Jesus. Huh. I wonder if there's a church world out there that does not recognize Jesus. I believe Jesus is doing some good things in the world right now. Do we miss some things? Well, we all miss some things, yes. But I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing right now. I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing right now because Jesus is saving me. We've had people in this church get saved over the last couple of weeks. We've got people who, are get, who have went through a membership class with us right here in the midst of all of this mess that we say. We've got people wanting to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, go ahead and get with me because we've got a couple that want to get baptized. Now, I wonder what excites heaven. I wonder what it is that, that really excites heaven. 
I wonder if that excites heaven that we've got people have come to our church and want to join our church. I wonder if it excites heaven that we've had salvations take place right here at this altar and at different places, people who are connected to this church. I wonder if that excites heaven. I'm going to tell you something, y'all. We've got some momentum right now as a ministry. There's some momentum taking place right here at Trinity West. And what do you do with momentum? You, you, <laughs> I told you, Kyle, we got to follow that. We move with it. She's right. You don't lay momentum down because of. That's what the scribes and the Pharisees did. They said no, no. They had the authority to say no. And Jesus took that authority away from them. God's given us an authority as a people in the church. Purpose, the purpose of the church, that's the title of the sermon. We did go fishing with Jesus last week, didn't we? Lots is going on from the time Jesus is resurrected. From the moment he's resurrected till his ascension and the birth of the church coming in Acts. So the purpose of the church. Purpose. Here's the definition of the word purpose. The reason for which something is done. What is the purpose of what is being done? The reason for which something is being done or created or for which something exists. Why do we exist as a family? Why do we exist as a church? Why do we exist as a business owner? Why do we exist as a grandma or a grandfather or a mom or a dad? Why do we exist? There is a purpose for each and every one of us. And I believe the biggest purpose for the church, this is my belief, is that we as a church family join ourselves with Christ. If we're not joint with Christ, is it even a church? The scribes and Pharisees, they, were they joint with Christ? Absolutely not. Were they a church? Yes, they were. They were founded on their traditions. And they had the authority. And all of a sudden, what took place with the scribes and the Pharisees, it got off of the will of God and it got on to self. And the moment, the moment a ministry, the moment a marriage, the moment... Anything turns away from its purpose and turns to self, it starts crumbling. Because there is no Jesus in it. So the purpose of the church is to join ourselves with Jesus Christ. Let's join ourselves with Jesus Christ. Let's submit ourselves to who he is and why he is. And the purpose, what he has for us as a congregation. Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. Jesus speaking to Peter, after Peter says that you are the Christ, you are the Son of God. They say that you are Jeremiah. They say that you're John the Baptist. Jesus said, who do you say I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God. You are our Messiah. You are our King. You are our Lord. And Jesus said, if you call me Lord, why don't you obey me? Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. This is the NIV version. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Have you ever, has anybody that's been saved a long time, have you ever thought about that Bible verse? What are you binding? What are you loosening? And the Bible says right here, whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen will be bound in heaven. It'll be bound on earth. It'll be bound or loosened. Huh. Jesus is telling Peter right here, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you the keys, and I don't believe it's a set of keys. I don't even think they had keys back in that day to crank up a car, did they? They had keys to get in a door. They had the keys to walk through the gate. You know what the gate was? The gate was the place where the church leaders, where the council, where the LBA board meetings took place. They had authority. This was the place. This is where we do business. And Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of God. I believe it's authority. 
I believe God wants to give us authority. Authority. The authority to. The, the authority not to. The authority to accept. The authority to understand. The authority that has been given to the church to bind something. You know what it means to bind something? It means to take it and tie it up really, really good. Tie it up. Tie that thing up. Bind that thing up. Peter, I'm going to give you the authority to bind certain things. There are certain things that are taking place in the church world today. Where's Dave at? Dave, I told you I was going down this road. There are certain things that are being allowed in the church world today that the church world of yesterday should have bound up. Because we're allowing certain things into the life of the church. And if we allow certain things into the life of the church, how's the lost man going to know anything? Where does that come from? Jesus said, beware. Beware beware of what? Beware of false teachers. Beware of them. They dress up real pretty. They look like church folks. We don't want that. I don't want to just look like something. I want to be that something. I want to be what God's created me to be. I don't want to just put on an appearance. And if all we're doing is putting on an appearance, what are we? Well, we're not Christians. If all we can do is speak with elegance, Jesus said, you watch out for that. Because they stand there on the street corners and they pray with great big words. And Peter said, I don't know what that means. And Peter, I don't either. Let's go fishing, buddy. I don't know what some of that stuff means. But they pray over there, and they have all these rituals. And people look at them, and they go, ooh, and ah. And Jesus said, don't pay that no mind, for that's not real. And what I'm created inside of you, the church, has got to be real. I mean, Jesus took, he, he basically took 12 men who were very uneducated. Would any of us pick? One of those. Absolutely not. I'm not picking Peter. I know that man. I, I've seen him. He's a man of unclean lips. I used to hang out with him. His brother Andrew probably a little better, but not much. And Jesus picked him. And Jesus wants to pick you. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh because I was actually thinking of me. Jesus wants to pick me. Jesus wants to pick you. He wants to take you from where you are. Right where you are, and he wants to change the world with who you are. But you have to be real. We can't be fake. He didn't say perfect because we look at those 12 men and we find out perfection is not what Jesus was looking for. But he didn't take one of them and he, he didn't leave them the same. Jesus will not take you where you are and leave you where you are. He will change you into what you need to be. He will, he will, <laughs> you will become born again. That born-again part, that born-again. See, there's some of us who are dead in our trespasses and our sins. Can I get back to the authority that's in the church today? We shouldn't allow certain things. There are certain things that are not right. We live in a society where two men can go to a courthouse and get married. No, we're living in a day and a time where they want to come stand before the church and get married. No, I have to bind that up in Jesus' name. That doesn't mean that we don't love people. That means that we are standing firm on God's word and we're not going to allow the things that the scripture says not to allow. We have the power given to us from heaven, from heaven to bind certain things and to bind these things that are not godly. We have allowed certain things in our own lives. Anytime the human mind starts thinking outside of the will of God, we're going to get ourselves in trouble because I'm going to justify what I like, what I desire. And whatever I feed myself, my body's going to want more of it. And there are certain things that Jesus says, no. Apostle Paul said, don't you know whom you yield your members to? Jesus, help us to know how to yield our members to. How to live our Christian lives. Somebody did ask me one time about what is a holiness church. Well, just come to Trinity Wesley and you'll find out what a holiness church is. We're holy because God is holy. He said to be ye perfect because your Father is perfect. Be ye holy because I am holy. 
to strive for that which is right. To have an understanding of right over wrong and saying, you know what, I have done wrong. I have messed up in life and now I see clearly that what I was living in is wrong and I can't live like that because Jesus does not allow it. Okay, now for a moment I'm going to sit back here and if I'm not careful I'm going to get in a carnal mind and I'm going to start justifying certain things. No, the church has the authority to say, no, that's not the, way, that's not the ways of God. The church has the authority to, 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 to dismiss false doctrine, to cast it away, and to pray about certain things. The authority that you men have in your homes, oh my goodness, as the head of your home, that's scripture. That is in the scripture. Does everybody accept that? No. Does everybody accept the teachings in the Scripture? No. Why has things in the church seem like... You know divorce is wrong. And divorce in the church is at the same level as it is out there amongst the people who don't know Jesus. Huh. Why is that? Because the church is allowed too much. The church has, has allowed way too much without saying no... Jesus loves everybody who's ever messed up. If you've ever messed up like this person's ever messed up, you can understand this. Jesus loves you. And, and there, is a, there is a clear pathway right into the presence of God for all of us as we repent, as we surrender our lives, and as we allow our minds to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can have the mind of Christ. But I cannot allow my mind to say, you know what? I believe God's okay with this. Michael, no, he's not okay with this. Because Scripture says he's not. Now, I have to take the authority, and I have to bind up some things. I believe that this passage of Scripture is talking to the church, not just the individual. I believe this right here is talking to you church leaders. Can we bind up some things in our homes, men? Yes, we can, with gentleness and with love, and taking the example of who Jesus Christ is. He teaches us to love our wives as he loved the church. He laid his life down. Men, we are to lay our lives down. We're not just to be in our homes and say, this is the way it's going to be, woman. Oh, I got some men smiling at me. You better put them smiles a little bit. I was smiling too. I better turn around here. Help us, Jesus. Where's Steve at? That's one of them helping Jesus moments. No, the authority God gives us is not to, not to be harsh. The Bible teaches us men, if you're harsh with your wives, the blessings of heaven stop. Jesus teaches to be gentle. Teaches us to understand this scripture. You know what it means to loosen something? It means to untie it. You know there are some, some things that need to be untied. Holy Spirit of God, speak to us. Some things are bound up because I don't like that. Nope, I don't like that. That's not the way things are going to be because I don't like that. Some things need to be loosened because they're fruitful. And if we will loosen certain things, come on, listen to me. If we will loosen certain things, the momentum that the church is doing worldwide today can be very fruitful in our moment and our time of life. But we have to loosen some things. We have to untie some things that we have tied up into knots. Should get quiet now. Should get really quiet. Because what God is doing in this world, in this church world, oh, it's more powerful than any of us could ever imagine. When Jesus is done, when God is done, God's going to send him back through that eastern skyline. He's not done yet. You know why? He hadn't come through that eastern skyline yet. But the moment he is done, he is going to blow a trumpet on the eastern skyline. And we who are saved, well, first, the dead in Christ are going to pop out of those graves. Where'd you get that from? I got that from Scripture. And then we who remain, who are these who remain? Those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. Let's loosen some things up. Let's know what to bind. Let's know what to loosen. 
Let's allow the church to thrive. Let's look at this passage of Scripture. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. NIV again. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now, I, I want to point something out here on this passage of Scripture. These letters are written in red. That means Jesus is speaking these words to the angel, to the church of Philadelphia. He has commissioned this angel to speak these words to this church. And he's speaking these words with the authority of Jesus Christ. These are the words of him who is holy and true. Who holds the key of the throne of David? Jesus does. All authority has been given, Jesus said, to me. In heaven and on earth. Anything that has ever been created. All authority has been given to Christ. And he says, therefore. You know what the therefore is there for? I hope my Bible teacher is listening. Because I, I, mean, I might could pull up some of them grades. I was paying attention more than you thought I was, Pastor Richard. The therefore is therefore so that we, as the children of God, will have the understanding that he has given us the authority. That's where that key is. The authority to make disciples. To teach. To preach. To baptize. To, 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 to preach the Word of God. The Word of God is in this treasure box. And the keys, Peter, the keys are going to open up to you an understanding of the Word of God so that when you proclaim it, when you proclaim it, there will be fruit that is produced from it. We don't cast our bread upon the water and it just floats back. No, it comes back fruitful. It comes back with power and with substance. Joseph was given a ring from King Pharaoh. And with this ring, anything he put that seal on became law. He represented everything that Pharaoh had, except the throne. Jesus has given us, Jesus has given us that authority. And we can bind those things up that are not so. What does that mean? That means that we're going to teach those children what Jesus wants us to teach them. We're not going to teach them false doctrine. We're not going to teach them a bunch of garbage. We're not going to preach a bunch of garbage. We're going to teach and we're going to preach. And we're going to make disciples with the truth from, from God's word. Is everybody going to accept that? No, they will not. But the authority that God has given us, the authority that God has given us, is to take that which is out of the realm of heaven and to make it right here reality in the realm of the church. Binding and loosening. Oh God, bind up some things right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Bind up some things, Lord Jesus, that have confused the people of God. He, even, he said if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived in the end times. Do you believe we're living in the end times? Then there is a deception that wants to creep into the church. And if the deception creeps into the church, what's going to happen to the child of God who listens to the message every week? Whether it be a teaching, whether it be a preaching, whether it be an idea. Now bind that evil stuff up. Bind that up. Give me the truth. Because it's the truth that sanctifies me. It's only the truth that'll set me free. Not some man's idea of. Not some justification of some physical pleasure. Or some idea. Or some lifestyle. Or some substance. Or some of this. No, I've got to get the mind of Christ right now. I've got to get the mind of Christ right now. And if we get a hold of the mind of Christ right now, the future of the church is going to be in good shape. If we keep, or if we allow, the mind of self and self-want, we're going to end up like scribes and Pharisees who lost everything that God intended for them to lose because they were living in a moment of tradition. They couldn't move forward with Jesus. They couldn't walk with Jesus because it meant we're going to lose our positions. We'll lose our authority. 
Jesus wasn't trying to take their authority away from them. He was trying to give them authority. I believe Nicodemus got saved. He came to Jesus at night. And he said, we know. We know you're of God. We know you're of God. For the things that you're doing. Listen to this. For the things you're doing. What is God doing in the life of our church today? The scribes and the Pharisees were so blinded that they could not see what Jesus was doing. It, did not, it didn't excite them in the least that Jesus raised up the dead. He healed somebody who was lame. And you know what they said? They said, bring him to the courtroom. Bring him to the gate. Bring him to the... Put him in the seat. We're going to judge him. He healed that man on the Sabbath day. Now, I'm carnal. See, if I was Jesus, I'd say, which one of you can heal? We got a lot of sick people out there. Which one of you can heal? Jesus just sits there. He's quiet. And wisdom starts flowing from his mouth. Jesus, I need wisdom. Oh, see, if we act in carnality, if we act with the carnal mind, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to falsely accuse people. We're going to judge things unfairly because we're judging things based on positions, wants, and desires. Those are the things we have to bind up in Jesus' name. See, me, I'd have said, which one of you could heal anybody? Which one of you? Come on, show, show your hand. Heal somebody. No, Jesus didn't say that. He asked them this. He says, is it right or is it wrong to do good on the Sabbath? Well, I guess to do right. Jesus, get up and leave. You're going to stump me every time. He made his point, and he wasn't carnal. And it wasn't about the flesh. It was about the kingdom. Are we kingdom-minded or are we earthly-minded? If we're kingdom-minded, we're going to take the keys, the authority that God has given us in our homes, at our job places, in our church, in our relationships. And we're going to be able to speak with authority the things of God. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill me, oh God, with your Holy Spirit right now so that I can be the husband I'm supposed to be. So that I can be the dad I'm supposed to be. Is anybody else brave enough to pray this? So that I can be the pastor, the church leader, the church man, the church woman that I'm supposed to be. Fill me, oh God, with your spirit. Bind up some of those things that have hurt you so bad in your life. You have that authority. And you know some of the things that have been in your life that have hurt you. And Jesus says, now you're a child of God. Let's bind that thing up in Jesus' name. Let's bind up some of them drugs. Let's bind up some of them addictions. Let's bind up some of that perversion. Let's bind up that stuff that has hurt you, that has destroyed you, and that has tried to kill you all the days of your life. Have you ever been there with that demon that's trying to destroy you? Am I the only one brave enough to raise my hand? I've been there. I know what I'm talking about there because I have felt the power of that demon trying to grab a hold of me. And the power of the demon can bind certain things that will yield itself to them. You give yourself to drugs and that demon will bind you up. You give yourself to perversion and that perversion will bind you up. You give yourself to that lifestyle, that thing will bind you up. Those things will make more excuses for you than you can imagine. excuses no jesus i don't want excuses anymore i don't want to give myself liberties to the things that are hurting me and destroying me and hurting my marriage hurting my relationship with my children father in the name of jesus i bind that substance up in jesus name i bind that thing i bind that i bind that i, I, I bind that oh i want to say some things but i don't can we do it can we preach it can we bind up some things? Can we bind up? Can we bind up some things and allow the authority of Christ? Jesus, help us to bind up some things. Because when it gets personal like that, it means something, doesn't it? Some of our children are bound up with some things because of the examples that we have allowed. I want to yield myself to you, Jesus. I love my children way too much, Father. 
for some of the things that have attacked me to attack them. Oh God in heaven, you said in your word that the sins of the fathers follow down to the third and the fourth generations. But, praise the Lord for this, the conjunction. You know when you see the but in the sentence, there's a conjunction. But Jesus did something. But to those who love me and serve me to a thousand generations, will the, I want the thousand generations of the righteousness of Jesus Christ to follow my children and my children's children. And that means at times I have to get on my hands and knees and I have to confess before God that something has me bound up. And I bet you anything, the thing that cinched the knot was the excuse. Oh, Jesus, help us get rid of the excuse. Help us get rid of the excuse. We've murdered, we've murdered as a nation so many children. So many children in this country, around this world, have been murdered because of abortion, because of an excuse that has been laid on the table. Am I willing to bind that thing up for the children? We have murdered generations of people for the sake of pleasures. God help us. Somebody came up to me this morning and told me something that an 87 year old preacher said. And I said, Now, we didn't have this conversation because you don't know what I'm getting ready to preach on. The authority that's in the church. You have authority. You have authority to grab a hold of the things in heaven, to grab a hold of the things in heaven and make those things your reality. I need, I'm going to tell you what, I've had too much of the reality of hell. I've had way too much of it. I've had too much of the lies and the deceptions from the enemy. I've I've been tricked way too many times. Jesus, it's time for me and you to have a talk. It's time for me to shut my mouth. And it's time for me to listen to you. It's time for me to surrender myself to you. Now I want to tell you something. When you turn to that, don't ever turn back. Don't ever turn back to the carnal mind. I'm not turning back to the carnal mind right now. You know why? Because I know how that carnal mind has hurt and destroyed and killed. It must be somewhat connected to the enemy. For Jesus said the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And if that's the purpose of the enemy in my relationships with my family, in my relationship with my church, I have felt that even behind the pulpit. The enemy trying to destroy that call of God. Jesus. Jesus, help us. Oh, God. Carnality needs to be shuffled out. Surrender needs to come in. And I can say this. I don't understand. I don't understand, but just a little bit. And that little bit is what God's given me. And that's what I'm going to surrender myself to. And the little seed, that little mustard seed planted in the ground, and Jesus describes it as faith. That little bit that you know, that little bit that, you're, that, you're, that your heart right now is saying, Amen to that. Amen to that. I know that's where I'm at, and that's exactly what I need. Why do you preach it? Because that's what we need. That's not a condemnation, that's a reality, that's a truth. And if I can grab a hold of this truth, and the plant can be planted in my heart, that little bitty seed of faith can start growing out. And Jesus says even little birds of the air can rest on its limbs. The shade that'll come. In Mark chapter 11, I don't have it on the screen, but I'm going to talk about it for just a moment. Jesus is coming into the town, and he's hungry, physically hungry. He sees something. He sees something, a fig tree. There's a fig tree over there, and it's out of season, but it has leaves. Huh. That fig tree has leaves on it. It's out of season. You don't have leaves unless you have fruit. Jesus walks up to the fig tree, and he's looking at the fig tree. Hold on, let me preach, please. He looks at the fig tree, has no fruit in it, but it has leaves. That tree has deceived me. And Jesus curses that tree. And the Bible says that that tree from the roots withers and dies. What's Jesus doing? That tree said, I had something for you to eat. 
You want to know what the true meaning of that really is? Is there a church out there somewhere in this world that has leaves on it, but when you come into it, it has no truth? Has no substance? Oh, Jesus, you're really getting deep with us here on this one. Jesus challenged me. Don't have fancy leaves on. Don't have a fancy... Don't have that prayer shawl on and not know how to pray. Don't, don't sit there and tell people to come to the altar and give them some false hope on something you're calling salvation just because it sounds cool on TV when T.D. Jakes preaches it. No, you get that real stuff in your heart. You get the truth in your heart, son. You, get, you, get, you make sure your church is real. You make sure. You make sure that the, that the discipleship making, the teaching in the Sunday school classrooms with the children, you make sure it's real. You make sure, you make sure that this thing's not dressed up that looks like something that people call a church. Because we say this is what a church is. You better be careful that thing's not just dressed up in a bunch of leaves that has no anointing, that has no power from heaven. Oh God, help us. Can we, can, can we receive your word? That word will set me free. That word will set me free. That word will set me free. I want to be free. Oh God, send in more of your truth. Because I love your truth. Father, it is your truth. And I know I have failed to the truth. But I stand in the righteousness. Because when I took that key that you gave me, I opened it up and I found grace. Not justification of all of that garbage. But I found grace and I found mercy and I found forgiveness. And that's what Jesus has for each and every one of us. But it's not there for us someday in life to turn around and say, well, I gave myself to that drug. I gave myself to that. I gave myself to this over here. I'm not going to judge this too hard. No, I'm not going to judge it, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to rescue that carnal mind out of that carnality and bring them over into this realm called the surrendering of the heart and the mind to Jesus Christ because that's the only thing that will set that person free purpose of the church to join ourselves with the with jesus christ i want to be joined with jesus christ right now i want to be joined with jesus christ and the only way to truly be joined with jesus christ is to surrender myself to the shed blood of jesus christ on that cross that shed blood on that cross was not just shed for any for any reason or an event it was shed there because i have sin in my life and that blood that was shed, it was shed for the remission of my sins and for your sins. Can the church live into the future? Yes, it can. But it can only live into the future. Not by the awesome band. And you guys are awesome. Hey, you brought me into the presence of worship. Not just because Toby Mack is in Eden, North Carolina. And I'm still scratching my head on that one. But he comes to Eden, North Carolina. You have this great concert. People are touched and moved it's not because of the lights up here that heat lamp right there something else it's not because of the even our abilities jesus said i can i can speak to the rocks and they'll stand up and worship me i want to be joined with christ and who he is i don't want to be like that fig tree who was dressed up like a fig tree but had no figs we're going to proclaim with the authority that God has given us that people can be saved. We need to know how to lead people to salvation. Accept, believe, and confess. Jesus is Lord. You can't even say it if you're not led by the Spirit of God. Say it through me, oh God. That poor fig tree, it couldn't have produced a fig. You know why? It did not have anything inside of it except a leaf. There ain't no power in the leaf. That leaf wasn't edible. There's got to be things in the church that are edible and that will strengthen me and will help me grow in my spirit man so that I can be what God's called me to be. Not something fake. Matthew chapter 28. What time is it? Tara done told me the fish would be there. Tara done told me that fish was going to be there later. So, Matthew chapter 28, verse 11 through 20. I'm back in the message. Meanwhile, the guards, huh, these are the guards that are around the tomb of Jesus. 
The angels have come and they've rolled the tomb away and knocked them all out. When they saw the holiness of the angels of heaven, the guards looked at them and they fell over like dead men. They weren't dead, they were just in the presence of holiness and they weren't ready to surrender themselves to it. Meanwhile, the guards had scattered. I bet they did. I bet they were scared to death them angels were going to come get them. But a few of them went into the city and told the high priest everything that had happened. They called a meeting. Huh. They called a meeting. Jesus has been risen from the dead. That man you crucified, let me tell you something. I'm getting out of town. I'm moving to Egypt. Because when the Romans hear about this, I'll be the next one on that cross. Let me tell you what I saw. They're having a meeting. They called a meeting of the religious leaders. Jesus. And came up with a plan. Fig trees without figs. These religious leaders came up with a plan. They took a large sum of money and gave it to the soldiers, bribing them to say, these are the same men who with, with, with power in their voices and with their elegant words say, Thou shalt not call upon the name of the Lord thy God and blaspheme his name. The same one who will say, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy brother or thy neighbor. They took up a large sum of money and gave it to the soldiers, bribing them to say. His disciples came in the night and stole the body. While we were sleeping, they assured them, if the governor hears about your sleeping on duty, blackmail, we will make sure you don't get blamed. The soldiers took the bribe and did as they were told. The story cooked up in the Jewish high court is still going around today. Religious leaders bribing you know what this is? I promise you this is a fig tree without figs. This is somebody who's gotten in a position who has no substance inside of them about who Jesus Christ is. I want to have substance. I want to say to this scribe and this Pharisee, Sir, do you believe what you're preaching? Do you even know what it means that thou shalt not bear false witness? He could tell you from the letter of the law what that meant. He knew that it was wrong to bribe. He knew that it was wrong to scheme up something. But if we don't scheme up something, huh, they might lift up our leaves and see that there's no figs. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain. Jesus, we're getting ready to have the ascension, that Jesus has set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. These are the disciples now. We're away from the scribes and Pharisees. We're standing here with the apostles right now. Some, though, held back. Some of the apostles held back. Some of the disciples held back. Have you ever had a doubt? I'm going to raise my hand again. <laughs> I've had doubts. Jesus, how in the world did you walk on water? I fell out of a boat one time and everybody on the boat laughed and I surely didn't walk back to shore. I could have been hurt and they were still laughing. I had to ride in the back of the truck all the way home because I smelled like that water while they were still in the front laughing. They make these trucks now with four doors so plenty of room for me in the back all by myself. I didn't walk on. Have you ever had doubts? Have you ever been through something that you're just doubting, you're not understanding? The only thing you can do right now is trust in God. Just trust in God. Just trust in God right now with that situation that's going on in your life that you don't understand. Jesus, continue to anoint me, I pray. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship about risking themselves totally. Uh, is there a risk? Is there a risk to producing that type of fruit? Oh, yes. Because some, many, do not receive the authority that Jesus has given us. Jesus. Jesus 
Help us, oh God. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge, knowing that there were doubts amongst us, even in the church. Doubts amongst the ones who have been saved, who have been touched of God. God authorized and commanded me, Jesus speaking, to commission you. Men, God's commissioning you. Church leaders, God's commissioning you. Pastors, God's commissioning you. Unsaved, he's commissioning us to help you get saved. God authorized and commanded me, Jesus speaking, to command you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in in this way of life, making them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then instruct them, huh, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you. I'm going to pause right there because we need to hear this. Jesus says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. As you do this, day after day after day, right up into the end of the age. That's in the message version. Jesus is commanding us to be fruitful. I am commanded to join myself with Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm commissioned right now of God to be fruitful. God is authorizing me and commissioning me. Commission. Jesus is commissioning us. The authorization or the command to act in a prescribed manner. Jesus has given us a charge. Last week we read from John chapter 21. I'm going to pick up because Jesus is walking with Peter right now down the ocean aisle, right? The ocean aisle beach. Come on, somebody got that one. Oak aisle. So here's Jesus and Peter walking down Oak Isle, and Peter turns around, and he sees John. Hmm. Button in my business. This is starting to irritate Peter. Well, me and Jesus is walking right now. Turning his head, Peter noticed the disciple Jesus loved. Note, John's the one who wrote this. Peter noticed the disciple Jesus loved following right behind. When Peter noticed him, he asked Jesus. He asked Jesus a question. Master, what's going to happen to him? Tell me about him. You just told me about me. You just told me I'm called to feed your lambs. I'm called to feed your sheep and to care for the church of the living God. What about him? You know what Jesus says to him? What's that to you? I was just curious, Jesus. Hold on. <laughs> what about him? Jesus actually says to him, what if I allow him to live until I come back the second time? You know what Jesus is saying to him? I have authorized you, Peter. I have given you a charge. I have commissioned you. And you need to focus right where you are, son. You need to give your household 100% of who you are. Forget about all your mistakes from yesterday. Let's put those sins behind you. I know you cursed me. I know you did wrong. But right now we have reinstated you. You have humbled yourself. You have repented. And now you're still wanting to turn back and you're wanting to know about John. You know there is absolutely no record of the Apostle John's death anywhere in history. He's out there. Maybe he's out there in Facebook land watching this sermon right now. I don't know. There's no record of his death. I'm not trying to make up some new doctrine that the Apostle John's still alive. Don't go out of here and say, Pastor Michael said John the Apostle's still alive. I don't know. But Jesus says, what is that to you, Peter? Master, what's going to happen to him? Jesus said, if I want him to live until I come back, what's that to you? You, talking to Peter, and I believe he's talking to me, he's talking to you. You, follow me. God's got a call of God on your life. Tara, would you come on back up, please, with the praise team? Y'all know I love quotes. We're going to do some more quotes today. It's not enough to have lived. We should be determined to live for something. Winston Churchill. Here's another one. Musicians must make music. 
Artists must paint. Poets must write. If they are ultimately to be at peace with themselves. What humans can be, they must be. Abraham Maslow. M-A-S-L-O-W. Here's another one. Last one. A little bit longer. Quote. A lot of power here. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary, vibrant with life, in which you'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide precedence. Look, I am setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, the stone, the workman throughout, is now the chief foundation stone for the untrusting it's a stone to trip over a boulder blocking the way they trip and fall because they refuse to obey just as predicted but you praise the lord for this but you are the ones god you are the ones chosen by god chosen for the high calling of priestly work Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him. To tell others of the night and day difference He made for you. From nothing to something. From rejection to acceptance. That's from the Apostle Peter after he was reinstated in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 in the message version. Let's stand up.